just got your asses whipped by a bunch of goddamn nerds. Hey, sports fans, welcome to Sports Nerds. Here are your hosts, Dr. Samuel J. and Dr. Brian Schrader. Make sure our levels are good. There we go. There we go. Um, one, two, three. Hey, hi, Brian. Hey, what's how are you? Good. Um, well, let's just pretend like we didn't have a 30 minute conversation before we started recording. (laughs) That's the magic of of podcasting. Asynchronous listening to audio. Yeah. If we were on NPR, people would know. They could tell. No, I I don't know why I said that. I just, I threw out like a radio station that I knew that I listened to. Wanted to be on NPR. Mm, yeah, I could only wish. Maybe someday, right? Maybe someday. Yeah. I don't know if we're... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe... This is really the type of thing they put on. Oh. NPR. The, uh, NPR is not really a station, though, right? Isn't it? What would you call it? It's, isn't uh, it like... All the stations I listen to, like, play NPR stuff, but then they also play local programming, too, right? It's just public radio. Public right? radio. It's just, it's just public radio. But it's sure. always called NPR? No, it's called CPR sometimes. If That's it's my point. Colorado. And here it's Michigan Public Radio, right? So like here in the afternoons, they play stateside. Which is the I Michigan see what you're saying. Anymore. So like it's not so, the same. Like what you listen to at NPR, I assume that we both listen to like BBC NewsHour with Puna Gadusi and all that, but. I like you get, some BBC you get, you get, NewsHour. But BBC NewsHour is great. Do you, do you get 1A in the morning? Uh, Joshua Johnson. It took over What's-Her-Face, that lady who retired who was awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I do. I think I do. It. Yes. It's been a while since I, it's been a couple weeks since I, I like, listened I like in the morning, uh, in the morning. Um, it's enough NPR talk, I suppose, for this sports podcast. Well, no, I mean, this is, this is, uh, you know, this is the future. <laughs> the future of the future is, is audio. Everybody, the future is yeah. audio. Um, we had a lot of stuff to cover today. It's all, it's, it's Tuesday, July 2nd. And the big event of the day is, is obviously the women's world cup. The U.S. taking on on, uh, England at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So that's what, 3 p.m. your time? 3 p.m. How late is it out there? You're a long ways away. (laughs) Two hours, two hours, 3 p.m. I'm excited, man. Dude, um, let's let's hold off on that because I got a lot of things to say about it. And we got some things to cover first. We'll stick a pin in it. We'll come back to it. Uh, Let's, you know, talk quick, quick hits on some things. Uh, U.S. Open uh, Tournament Challenge winner, Brock Harper. Way to go, Brock. He's been top five for like the last three years. He finally got the W. So I have yet to pay him. But one of and these I was games, like plus 89. You were. I saw that. You were not my, good. My score for that actually looked like what a U.S. Open should look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as opposed no. to this thing that we watched, which was just this was just like Wisconsin two years ago. Where the greens were. Using a course that should be hard. That looked so playable. It's just one of those things, man. When the greens hold, you can just kind of throw darts. Not you and I, those guys. <laughs> I thought you meant we you couldn't. I. No, you and I could not. No. I remember watching this. What was it ninety nine or two thousand? I remember watching this that, that that U.S. Open, the Tiger Woods one there, and being like, "He's the only dude that looks like he knows how to play golf, mm-hmm. and these other dudes look like it's their first time, and they stayed up drinking, and they're forced to hit left handed." You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the fun was, of that's, the, that's what I wanted to see again. And instead what we got was it looked like they were playing mini golf. 
that's the fun of the U.S. Open. And so when you don't have it, it kind of sucks. I can't say that I watched a shitload of it. It was, oh, uh, it. Well, it was Father's Day weekend, but it was also my birthday yeah. weekend. And you weren't here because you don't live here. Otherwise, you would have been playing golf with me. But Brock lost a lot of money gambling. And so, so he man, needs this win. He did. Yeah, he lost a lot of money on the course. I don't, I, don't, I, don't mean, I don't mean to laugh. No, he and his Kirkland golf balls. So this isn't. Oh, I forgot, Brock. I got a picture <laughs> of that. I was so happy to see that. I, I've only found a couple. I've never bought any. Can, can we pause on Golford for two more seconds? We like, can. I, I know I got like a crush on man crush on uh, on Brooks uh, Brooks Kepka Brooks Kepka. Yes, but uh, you should go back to our podcast when he won that first U.S. Open two years ago, when we both had no idea who that dude was, just mm-hmm. just for funsies. But anyways. Should we talk about that dude this year? Who's what? He won uh, the PGA and took second in the Masters and took second in the U.S. Open. Yeah. And he almost three-peated the U.S. Open. Like, it's really exciting that Tiger Woods is back, but holy moly. I mean, he's consistent. But the same thing The same thing was Jordan Spieth a few years ago. Like, we thought he was the next Tiger. It's the fact that Tiger did it for like 10 years where he was just the most dominant player. Like that's a long haul, but I understand what you're saying. Not to belittle what Brooks Kepka is doing. Brooks Kepa and his wonderful jaw jawline. Uh, no, it's very impressive. You know, Dustin Johnson had a couple of years like that where he was yeah. uh, towards the top. But no, it's great. It's fun to watch. I mean, the game is just different not, for that. Guy. Not second first second at majors. You don't think so? I don't know. You have to look it up. I didn't prepare for this, so therefore I don't have my yeah. I know, I know. I'm just I'm just I'm just throwing it at you. You did. You Were you rooting for him or against him? I mean. I would didn't watch. I I didn't watch. Oh, oh, you didn't watch that. You didn't watch Sunday. Yeah. No, I didn't watch Sunday. I wasn't. I, I know. I know. Oh, it was. It was. It did. Based on the scoreboard, or the, the the leaderboard, it wasn't worth watching. And only like in in some of the the middle holes, did it kind of you know when it was a stroke. Yeah. That it seemed kind of interesting, but. Yeah. I feel like my sports consumption this summer has been way down, and I don't know. I I don't know why that is. I can't tell you. I guess I did. I've been watching a lot of World Cup, but that's because it's on during the day. But, you know, I get home. I just want to go to sleep. But alas, that's fair. U.S. Open. Congrats, Brock. British Open. A couple weeks. We'll do the same contest and all of that thing. So stay stay uh, uh, stay aware. I believe it's called Open Championship. The Open Championship. Yeah. We now call it that because uh, I guess golf was invented over there. And so they can call it whatever the hell they want. But we won the war. Damn it. Uh, daily fantasy football this was something that i ran by some folks you and i uh, have never tried to do it we tried to do it for the super bowl um and i screwed up the 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 room whatever you call it the contest and we weren't able to get it going but if any of you out there are interested in doing some daily fantasy football this nfl season um message us on facebook or make a comment on one of our posts because i think i've got a good read of five or six uh folks who yeah. want to do it so it might keep things a little bit more interesting i guess is what I'm so i play in i don't know if you call it a fantasy league mm-hmm. because it's not really a league but because it's daily yeah. with a, a buddy of mine in the neighborhood and it's actually like a bunch of dudes from his work yeah um but they basically just run one every Sunday that's capped at 10 people. Yeah. And it's you just resend out the invite every week. And it's the first 10 people who say yes, get in. And it's kind of like playing in a normal fantasy league, except for it's daily and that you can win actual money. But also, if you, you know, like I'm going to be out of town or I've got a thing this weekend, and you don't want to play, you just don't play. 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like the thing that sucks about fantasy is you forget a week or you get busy or whatever. But if you did a daily one, yeah, the first 10 people who, who sign up are in, the first 20 people who sign up are in. It's a lot of fun. No, it is. I like daily. It is. I think it's, yeah, like you said, you can be in, you can be out, you can be uh, totally apathetic some weekend, but really into it the next. So I've been trying to play a little da- yeah. daily ba- and truthfully, baseball. It's kind of fun. Oh, yeah. I like the pick. I like. The uh, I played a lot of Go ahead. daily football last year. The baseball's kind of hard. Well, I like when you pick one game. I like those, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You pick one game and pick your. You can do the same. Yeah, you can do the same thing in football. No, daily's really. I mean, with my with my again with my buddy in town, fill out six or seven one day. Especially if I'm going to do nothing, yes. right? If I have stuff to do, I just don't do it at all. But if I'm going to sit around and watch much football, I'm like, oh, I'll fill out a morning one, or an afternoon one, or whatever. Yep. Though actually, there's no morning football here. You, you, you take I understand what you're meaning. Yes, yeah, there was maybe. there was a morning baseball game on Sunday though that I did enter that Yankees Red Sox uh, not worth experiment. Watching. Yeah, uh, what an experiment with a the the center field wall was at uh, 212 feet. Yeah, it was ridiculous. That was kind of it was actually 380 some odd feet. Did you just blasting home runs out of that place? Sometimes we just. Do you know, what was the? Go ahead. Do you know the, do you know what the scores were uh, those two games? A lot to. Total, I don't know. There were a shitload of runs. I know that. First one was like eighteen to fifteen, and the second one was twelve to nine or something like that. I mean, it was it was bonkers. Those two games should not count. Speaking, I mean, as a Red Sox fan who lost, whose team lost both of those games, it was nuts. Speaking of baseball, um, I'm looking at the standings right now. Anything? I, I didn't know. I didn't prepare you for this, so I'll give you a second to pull up your standings. And I do suggest the MLB.com slash standings, because you get some run differential in there. Uh, I'm looking at things here we're getting about mid-season All-Star break that have really surprised me. I think one of us picked the Twins. I think I might have picked the Twins to actually win the Central, so that's not shocking. But if you look at their run differential, they're up 113, which is I insane. Think- and they're going to probably go get Mad Whoa. Bomb. Which is going to make them even better, uh, Mad, Mad Bum. Mad Bum, uh, yeah, he's had his last three starts have been fantastic. It's the second highest win di- run differential in baseball yeah, behind the Dodgers. The Dodgers, uh, yes, pretty solid. I feel better about the Cubs. I know I understand they're only at fifty-one, but um, yeah. can you scroll down and point at something funny? Yeah, go for it. In the NL Central, the Cubs are in second place. Mm-hmm a game behind Milwaukee who has a negative run differential. Yeah. Then you see, which means their, their projected win loss based on their run differential is under 500. It's 42 and 43. Oh no, I see it. Yep. How about the, uh, how about the Reds? Cincinnati's in last place with a plus 37 run differential. Their projected win loss would have them, uh, at 45 and 37, which would be good for first or second place. Uh, I put a lot of, you know, listeners should know this. I, we put a lot of stock in run differential as do most stat heads. Um, I suspect that Cincinnati is a much better team than their record indicates. And that might be a good team to, to keep an eye on, to make a little bit of a run for a wild card, oh. card spot potentially. I mean, especially since, since if you look at the standings, they're really only, I mean, seven games out of a wild card spot. Yeah. They're kind of hovering uh, close to 500. And so there's, there's certainly an opportunity for them to make a run. I don't know what their second half schedule looks like. I think, I believe I picked the reds to come in second in the central. So I'm totally on board with that, but I mean, they've got, they've got Puig now. Joey Votto is, is still Joey Votto. uh, One of the best hitters in the game. Uh, That Iglesias guy who's their closer is just unhittable. So um, yeah, that's, I, I, you know, I would like to see Cincinnati make a little run. I am totally fine with that. I'm not a Brewers fan. 
Not, I don't like them. So get them out of there. What do you think about the Rocks? They're only plus 17, which isn't. Which is for them, it's pretty good. Yeah, for them, it's pretty good. You're right. Uh, you have a lot of runs. Damn, man. I don't know. What, I don't... So 12 games back from the Dodgers. I mean, they're almost guaranteed, even even with half a baseball season to go, being that far back means that you're playing for a wild card, which looks like it's going to be Philly, Washington, Atlanta. Two of those three teams are going to be in the mix for um, a wild card race. Um, I assume the Central is going to – it's going to be a three-way race. Yeah. For teams who are fighting for maybe one wild card spot or maybe zero, and then you have the the Rockies and Arizona. The NL is halfway through. I know, I know. You, you have to just pull it. It's it's hard. This is hard to communicate over over this this non visual medium. But if you're listening, pull up the the NL standings. Wowza! We're not getting very sports nerdsy, but I guess that's just because we haven't talked sports together for a while. Um, I don't know who the hell's going to beat the Dodgers. Honestly, I don't know who's going to beat the Dodgers. Yankees. I mean, in the NL, sorry. I don't. I just don't foresee oh, okay. that happening. So there's your MLB um, standings talk, which I know a lot of you tuned in today just to catch that. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to tell you that I bought Slovov Zizek's new book uh, before it went to Australia. It's a short little read. It's called The Relevance, uh, The Relevance, not The Relevance, not a word, Relevance of the Communist Manifesto. And I finally jumped into it last night and got about halfway through. And uh, pretty interesting stuff uh, regarding many of the conversations that you and I have had on and off the show. In particular, uh, he goes, I guess specifically he goes back and he looks at uh, Marx's Communist Manifesto and he talks about how it shouldn't, how it's it's kind of uh, predicted the current moment in ways that we expected it not to. You know, obviously Das Kapital or Capital is Marx's uh you know, premier publication that people pay attention to critical theorists. I'm, this is not a communist pitch. I'm not commit. I'm not pitching anybody to be a communist or a socialist, right? Mark? That's what you'd say if you were trying. Uh, well, let's remember that Marx, let's remember Marx was an economist <laughs> and he studied the economy economics, uh, but just fascinating stuff. But one of the things is uh, Marx kind of s- predicted that the end of capitalism or the ultimate kind of, I guess, not end, but the ultimate uh, apex of capitalism would, would involve the confusing of identities and the idea that you can identify with anything and not have to not have to argue or um, approach identities that don't agree with yours. So like the globalization of, of confusion, basically. And like, yeah, yeah it's pretty fascinating stuff. Um, and the end of hope is what Marx also talked about, which is kind of true, right? If you uh, disagree with people because they don't have your stance or your viewpoint on things um, and you have no desire to engage in a conversation with them, then you just kind of come to the conclusion that the things are hopeless. Because if they can't come to your side, you're not going to go to theirs, then what are you going to do? You're just going to, I guess, sit around in your in your twit sphere, your tweet sphere and, and have people affirm exactly what you want to believe. Does that make sense? It's a good read. It makes total sense. It's yeah. a good read. I would suggest it. Um, I it was be, it's better than I thought. It's easier to read than I thought, and it's also short. It's like, oh, he's he's always been pretty readable, and his books are tend, tend to be short. It's so. very short. How long is this? Sixty pages. But anyhow, that's, go watch the dude talk on YouTube. He's pretty. He funny. is hilarious, and he sniffs a lot. It's not. I don't think it's because of cocaine. I think yeah. he's got a sinus issue. But alas, uh, Zizek's new book, The Relevance of the Communist Manifesto. So there you go, everybody. There's your critical theory stuff for today's show. Let's jump right back into sports ball, which is why you come to us. Uh, we, we stuck a pin in the Women's World Cup. Um, the fact that we have to call it the Women's World Cup. 
is there is an, a little is a critical observation. We don't call the men's World Cup the men's World Cup. We just call it the World Cup. So boom, there you go. And it's not like they're on at the same time. No, I know that is kind of weird. If I said World Cup and you were like, wait, the men or the women's, you just don't watch soccer. I know it's very odd. It's very odd that we have to do that. But um, the point is, everybody, the, the that we have to label it that is kind of you know we can unpack that and be critical of it. Because uh, masculinity is, in this case, as we would say, invisible. Now, there we go. There we nerd it out. We're not going to go any further left than that. I don't think so. What do you, I don't know. Yeah. We can talk about Megan. I know. I, yes. Uh, what are your thoughts so far of the World Cup? Good? It's been it? a great watch. Yeah. yeah. A great watch. You know, it, it starts out, um, at least the first game I watched, I think, first or second game I watched, was that USA-Thailand game where USA beats Thailand 13 mm-hmm. nothing and gets criticized for scoring too many goals and for, for um, celebrating too much and that sort of stuff. So it kind of started off on a, on a downbeat. And I'll be honest, my reaction after that game is I was like, man, it's, there's just, there's not enough, a word we use a ton. There's not enough parody in, in uh, uh, women's soccer or just soccer, if you prefer. No, in this case, I mean, women's soccer. Um, but I, I've been proven wrong after that game. I mean, uh, a lot of these other matchups were just really, really good. You know, the rest of the group, uh, D or G or whatever it was that the USA was playing in, was was pretty competitive. Even Thailand came back and played more strongly after that. So um, I thought everything so far has been really, really fun to watch. Some some great games. I mean, France was a, uh, a, a contender. So for the USA to beat them in the quarterfinals was a really big deal. Uh, Sweden, Germany was a big game. So, yeah, it's been it's been I'm very excited to, to see them play England today. So obviously there's all kinds of factors that go into the, the, the parody that you're kind of pointing out um, that we, that we see, hmm, where do I want to kind of frame this? How much of that parody, I'll just ask the question, has to do with, in many of these countries, in most of these countries, quite honestly, your best female athletes don't really have a lot of options for sports to play and soccer is going to take that mantle. Does that make sense? Like it obviously, um, you know, in the United States, if you are a premier female athlete and you want to be able to achieve success at a global scale, soccer is your kind of your own only opportunity, maybe tennis, I suppose, different kind of game, obviously. But, you know, we often talk about soccer players uh, as being some of the most fit athletes. And I think that's the same on the men's and women's game. And so do you, do you kind of read that into the success of China or Italy or all of that? Um, could, could we kind of say that that's one of the reasons why we're getting more parity this year than oh, maybe are they expected? more successful because their athletes get compensated more fairly? Is that the question? No, no, no. It's just uh, soccer attracts a higher caliber of athlete, a higher ca- caliber of female athlete in all of these countries than maybe we had assumed because there aren't another options necessarily for sports to play unless, you know, maybe yeah. it's, it's Olympics or what, what have you. But I mean, well, I mean, if you look at the, 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 the sort of inverse of this, if you look at the men's game, I do think there's a pretty good argument to say that soccer in the U.S. does not attract the very best male athletes, right? That's correct. But a lot yeah. of them yeah. get scooped up and play baseball or football or, you know, some other some other basketball, some other um, mainstream sports, which is not to, to say that the, the, the male athletes on the, on the men's team are um, not great athletes. I'm, I'm sure they are. I'm just saying that you know, if you start with a wider um, kind of subset of the population who could potentially uh, 
who could potentially be playing on the national team, then you might end up with, um, you know, a, a higher quality, higher quality, higher, higher caliber squad. Um, and and I, I think back to your question, you sort of compare it to other countries where, you know, the first option for a lot of kids growing up in, in a, a bunch of countries is, I want to play soccer. I want to play soccer. And that's different here where it's maybe I want to play football. I want to play basketball. So um, flipping it back then to, to the women's game, I think it's a, a fair argument to say that, you know, because the, the kind of professional options available to women in the United States in particular are more limited, right? We've had sort of, um, you know, kind of the WNBA, even though it's been around and is, is sort of established now, it's still relative. The NBA is, is kind of in its, in, it's in its infancy. There, there are fewer um, other options in terms of playing professional sports for women. So, you know, I think that's, I think that's, that's true. I guess back to my point about parity is typically in, in uh, the, the, the men's game, soccer games tend to be very low scoring affairs and they tend to be very, you know, the scores tend to be, tend to be pretty close. This isn't, you know, there's obviously exceptions to that, but you see a lot of one nil games. You lose a lot of, see a lot of two, one games, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you're seeing, you know, wider scoring disparities in the women's game. And I think, you know, again, not that there's not parity, but certainly after that Thailand game, I was a little concerned that, you know, that, and I mean, this is, you know, what, one of the things we're going to talk about today is sort of, there's a lawsuit by, I don't know if it's the entire women's team or members of the women's team that are suing <laughs> in terms of equal pay mm-hmm. um, that, that, you know, I, I wonder if that's, if, if not their quality of play, but rather the, the quality of the competition in general, you know, mm-hmm. makes it less valuable as a product to sell. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, not, that they're not good or that they're not as good as the men or that they're not worth getting paid as much as the men, but rather sometimes you get, you know, a 13 to zero ass whooping on Thailand and people turn it off when it's five Oh in the first half or something like that. Right. Like I, I I think that they should get paid obviously the same, but I, I can also understand that if you can't sell the TV rights for as much, you know, or generate revenue at the same level that, there's okay. a problem there. No, and I'm. Uh, let me say this one last thing too, which is, there are probably structural reasons why that's true, right? There are probably people who say I'm not watching the women's game because I have this preconceived notion that they're not as good, or that the quality of gameplay will be lower. That's fucked up. That's not true. That's not accurate. But you still have to be able to have the money to pay them, right? So, I think when we come at it from that angle, it's it's it allows that argument to be made from both sides of somebody's mouth. And so what I mean by that is if we're going to have a conversation about equal pay in women's soccer, I think we need to realize that the appetite for that kind of sport is very much constructed in the same way that the appetite for soccer, any kind of sport is constructed. And the reason why I even say that is because the ratings that we're seeing for the women's world cup are significant. Um, I, I think it, 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 we're watching a lot of it. Fox paid a lot of money for that deal. And to say that the reason why they're not getting paid is because the quality on the field isn't the same or the quality on the pitch is not the same as it is with the men's. I think it's problematic is, is what I'm saying here because that is the, the to me, quality has nothing to do with it. It's, 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 
the market. It is the consumer desire. It is it is the demand for that particular product that that to me ought to dictate how much we pay for it and also how much the producers of that content are paid. So to kind of clarify what I just said, the women's team gets ratings that are significant. They are they they you know they're just as high or close to just as high as what we see for the US men's team. They just happen to get more of it too because they tend to play longer into these into these contests into these tournaments and if they are getting the same ratings, if the demand is that high, I think that they should get the same percentage cut of any kind of endorsement deals, any kind of TV deals that the men's yeah. team does get. And I think to say that, uh, again, to reiterate, quality to me has nothing to do with it. It is the fact that that demand, that appetite has been constructed, it has been created, and we are watching it. And if that is the case, then we, they should be compensated uh, equally for it. Or they should be comp- at least at least kind of percentage-wise or uh, by uh, – they should be compensated the same way that the men are. Um, I don't know if that was clear enough. I, I had some better ideas uh, kind of no, sketched out my brain, but – I mean, I feel like we've done this once before. I'm gonna ask a question. That I think we already looked up and answered. Is yeah. it the, it's it's USA Soccer is the governing body for both the men's and women's team. Is it two separate? Is there like USA Soccer men's and USA Soccer women's, or is it one organization? I'm trying to find that. It's I know what you're... one organization. Why in the world? I know Would they not is... pay them the same. I should have. Oh, I should have prepared. So this goes back to four years ago too, right? When the the World Cup was in Canada. Yeah. Was it all in Canada? Was it a little bit in the United States? Did we joint host it or something like that? I think it was in, I think it was in Canada. A lot uh, of the games were in Canada, Canada, put it that way. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um and they the the all these all these teams had to play on uh AstroTurf fields, which <laughs> are super unsafe when yeah. you're playing soccer. It just makes it far more likely that you get injured if you ever played on what's real easy to, you know, kind of grab your foot and it's you know, it's easy to turn a knee and and it's just something that, you know, the men's team never had to deal with. So it's like, it's, it's bizarre, you know, at the very top level, you know, it's, it's a, it's a pay discussion, but there's also other kind of more micro manifestations of, um, you know, kind of un, unfair, unequal treatment as it, as it trickles down too that you can kind of think about. If that makes sense. It does. It does. I'm, I know I'm, 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 I'm I wanted to say the same organization. It it is, I believe, it's just USA Soccer. Yeah, because they have the same logo, don't they? Damn it, don't do yeah. this. Um, I'm looking. I'm trying to find the exact numbers on the deal that was paid for the men's versus the women's World Cup. So Fox paid paid twenty million last year for the men's World Cup, and I'm trying to see what was paid for the women's. I believe it was it was significant. Um, it was it, it's Fox again, right? Yeah. So this is why we need a producer. This is part of the podcast where we where we Google stuff. Yeah, this is what we need. Someone to... <laughs> wow, dude. So here's my point. Here's my point, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's 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 assume that there's three possible answers. They either paid more for the for the women's World Cup, which I suspect is not true. I I don't know that the that the viewership for not the the, the 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 USA team games, but for all the team all the games is higher than the men's World Cup. I could be wrong about that. We could assume that it's they paid they paid less, which is maybe true. Or we can assume that they paid paid the exact same thing. My point doesn't really 
isn't dependent upon either of those answers being true. Because if it's one organization, right, if USA Soccer gets a cut of whatever, you know, whatever their cut is from both the, the Men's World Cup last year and the Women's World Cup this year, it's still internally they could decide to divvy it up equally and pay all the players the same, no? No, they could, and they just should. They just should. I mean, if I guess I think about the value that the women's team provides for USA soccer. It's I, it's got to be more significant um, as a whole from top to bottom than the men's team. I mean, just for women who want to play. Oh, I don't know, man. The USA that great game that they lost to not qualify for the World Cup two years ago. That was awesome. Everyone watched that. Sarcasm. No, hashtag. I know. I know. Who did they get beat by? <laughs> they're just no i'm with you yeah i don't know i really wish i could find this freaking number damn it um where is it oh, i'm about to do a bunch of editing to to cut out all this dead time i'm looking <laughs> so, um, leave it in there yes um u.s debut on death. i just want to know how much it cost how much fox paid <sighs> maybe this is it the FIFA Women's World Cup. B E E E. Um. Well, that's. I get it, it. It reads as if it's just a package. So it appears that way. Fox outbid ESPN and NBC for the U.S. English speaking rights to all FIFA World Cup matches through 2026, including, huh, it looks like the women's, I wish somebody would, would be able to tell us more clearly because this is just getting boring. So sorry, everybody, you're going to have to forward through. This is, yeah, you can cut it out. This, this, this article is from 2016, so it's, it's a little bit dated, but it sort of explains the basis of the lawsuit. And it says that the um, projected profit for the women's team through 2017, which would have been last year, two years ago, was $5.2 million. And the projected profit for the men's team was negative $1 million. Oh, okay. But here's the pay, here's the pay yeah. differential. So, I mean, I, I assume that that profit assumes the cut that you get from, you know, whatever your federation gets from the the TV deals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. Um, this is the pay disparities, or at least what they were in 2016 between the men and the women. This is just the bonuses. To make a World Cup roster, each uh, man gets paid $76,000. The women make $15,000 each. And then the rest of these are bonuses for the team as a whole. Um, if uh, the team qualifies for the World Cup, the men's team gets $2.5 million bonus that they divvy up somehow. The women get 345000 if they make the round of 16, which the women already won that, they get zero bonus. The men get $3.6 million as a minimum bonus. If they reach the quarterfinals, uh, which again, the USA team's already there, uh, the men's team gets $5 million, the women get zero. If they reach the semifinals, men get $4.5 million. This says it's not available information for the women, so it sounds like none. If they finish fourth, the women get 240000 not available for the men for some reason. If they finish third, the men get $1.25 million. Women get four hundred eighty thousand. Second place, the men get six point two five million. The women get seven hundred eighty thousand. And to win the World Cup, the men get a nine point three million dollar bonus from USA Soccer. It sounds like, and the women split a one point eight million dollar bonus. So it's. Do you think that's USA Soccer kind of? It's hedging its bet a little bit. Like they understand the men 
the men are going to win. They're not. Yeah. The men aren't going to win. So <laughs> if they actually had a chance of winning, you know, what does that number look like? Whereas the well, also if they won and they had to give nine point three million dollars to the men's team, which is more than the total net profit of the entirety of USA Soccer, I guess they'd have to fire oh all God. the men or something. I don't know. They'd have to. They'd have to pay money back. You'd get a. You'd get a bill in the mail. No, it's 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 absolutely insane. I don't I don't understand the reason why you wouldn't make this equal. I, it, per, perhaps there's arguments out there that I'm not aware of. Maybe there's some sort of you wouldn't get the best players to actually come and play for the national team if you weren't if you weren't compensating them well enough. And to that I say, I guess who cares? It's not like we did anyways. I'll, I've enjoyed it. Right. Sometimes it's better. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. better to be right than to to do the right thing than to like we have to pay the men 17 times more than the women. Otherwise they won't show up and not qualify. Yeah, I know. It's just some bullshit. I know. I know exactly what you're saying. I, I agree. It's just, it's very frustrating. I can imagine these women get extremely upset. It's not like, okay. Never mind. This, this segment's not even supposed to be about the men's world cup, but do we have yeah, world we cup on here? We're going to talk about that. Did you see the men play so two nights ago or something? They played Curacao and barely yeah, beat them one to barely nothing. beat them. You know how, how bad we should beat Curacao? How bad yeah. the women beat Thailand? Yeah. Fourteen to zero. And 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 they could have lost that. I mean, they certainly could have gotten played to a draw and then gone to I was watching this the entire second half. I was like, oh my god, this is gonna go to the penalties. And we're gonna lose in the quarterfinals of the gold cup to Curacao. Looking at, so they played Jamaica. Get get paid sixteen times as much as the women. The women's team would have been oh, okay. Curacao. Mexico Sorry. plays tonight. And then Jamaica and U.S. tomorrow night. We're talking about the Gold Cup now. And the USA already played Jamaica in group stages and didn't so, look great. They could lose that game. What the- Did you see Canada lost to Haiti the other day? They weren't supposed to lose to Haiti. It was like the 80th ranked team in the world. They I did. think Mexico, no matter who's on that, who who no matter who shows up, is probably going to beat the shit out of the U.S. It's like 2-0. Oh, two, two yeah, have you been so aside from from that match? Have you been watching much Gold Cup? Have you have you caught all of the the men's matches? Um, I all the yeah, all the yeah. USA matches. I've watched I've watched a bunch of it. I, haven't, I don't yeah, think I could say I watched every single um, one. I mean the 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 women's World Cup is just more compelling. Across the board, it seems to be more, more fun to watch. I watched a ton of the Italy China match the other day in the Women's World Cup with uh, with my kids. I don't know. It's uh, going to watch competitive soccer. Sometimes it's better just to not watch the the USA men's. Sorry for saying that, Americans. On this Fourth of July week, there goes my patriotism. Uh, okay, um, let's let's pivot more towards baseball. Curacao ranked 79 wow, in the world. That's not good. Let's pivot towards uh, some baseball netting talk. Uh, I know that you had said you wanted to talk about that. There have been – it seems like every year we have these 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 accidents, these situations in which somebody gets hurt, uh, some kid gets hurt, or a grown-up gets hurt. It's just where, – where do you stand on this, the netting conversation? All right, you have to Let's get, do get ready for my hot take. Because I think I think this I'm might guessing, be an unpopular. Yeah, I feel it's going there. So we, we sort of talked about that um, that London series. Did you watch any of that? The I watched Yankees a little and the bit. Red Sox in London. They were playing on a soccer mm-hmm. field. They were mm-hmm. like at Everton or something like that. They were playing on they were playing on a soccer field. Or like if you've ever watched a, a baseball game at the Coliseum in Oakland, 
you're a million miles away. You know what I mean? Baseball's already rough. If you're sitting like in deep right field of any stadium or, you know, center field or something, it's, it's really kind of hard to see, like, you know, you're not really seeing strikes and balls or anything like that. You're sort of watching the game kind of in abstract as opposed to the individual place. But the farther and farther that you remove fans from baseball, I think the less accessible it becomes, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Right. Uh, I kind of think that netting does the exact same thing that the one weird thing about baseball is you can like reach out and touch people. Basically, you know, players go into the stands routinely balls go into the stands. Obviously I'm not going to advocate for them hitting, you know, people that's, that's a, that's a terrible, terrible thing. But I think the more you extend the netting, the more you sort of create distance between the fans and the game. And we're talking like not just physical distance. I mean, baseball's already struggling with viewership numbers and popularity and this and that and the other thing. And the one thing that I think that has always kept baseball, if you look historically, baseball's popularity has been relatively consistent over the last whatever, 200 years or whatever it is. And I think a lot of that has to do with whether or not you're a baseball fan, you can go out to a, to a, to a ballpark and watch a game Mm -hmm. and sort of have an experience, if that makes sense. So I I don't know, but when we go, when I go with my family, not that we're always sitting in foul ball territory, but if we are, you know, I always position myself on the inside part of my kids just to make sure something like that doesn't happen. You, it, the Rockies announcers were famous for this. If you're going to go to a baseball game and you're going to sit close, bring your mitt, right? You know, some people think it looks stupid. Bring your glove. That's what it's for, you know, to put it up. And you got to pay attention. And you got to pay attention, right? Is that going to solve all of the problems? Probably not. But I don't know. That's that's my that's my. So you're saying yes? Okay. So so you're not a fan of the extended netting? No. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked by that. I just think it's it's it needs to happen. It, have you ever seen places where they play soccer and they have like 30 foot metal cages around it, like some WWE mm-hmm. fight night or whatever? It's a cage match. I hate that. I know. Well, it doesn't have to. There be. I don't even think there's, an, a, there's an aesthetic experience. That's not to true. Game That's not true. And the netting and the netting ruins it. It really, it, here's a, here's, here's it a ruins, it ruins a, hockey. It, is it ruin hockey for you? Is it ruin hockey? The netting in hockey? Yes. There's always been netting in hockey. But does it, do you even think about it? No. Okay, listen, I'm not saying don't have the backstop. <laughs> That's no. different. No, I, I mean, like, I even, you know, sitting behind home plate, which I do a lot. All right, so <laughs> Major League Baseball has already extended the netting past the dugouts now the conversation is extending it even farther than that no i understand like, to yeah the, to the foul poles i think i'm on board with it that's fine it's not gonna ruin anything for me that's fine they should probably just wrap it around the outfield too oh my god <sighs> i don't know if that should be unpopular we're not gonna get anywhere with this conversation the podcast ended over a fight about extended netting extended netting yeah i just dude baseball is so shitty at, at <sighs> Nostalgia, man. You wrote about it. You wrote about it. You talked about it. Butterworth talked about it. It gets in the way of any kind of forward thinking changes for baseball. The game is so hard to watch unless you're a nerd like us. And I don't care. Like, it's not. I don't know if it's the yes, the product has always been the same. Sure, there are more, you know, our, our attention spans have changed, whatever, what have you. Okay. It's also just it's not well marketed. It's not well packaged. It's hard to consume if you are not 
a diehard of the game. If you don't have a come to it with a history and a love for it, it's just hard to get on board with it. And I mean, how much of that has to do with not being able to put nets in or not be able to like think, think, thinking these things outside of the, the, the realm or the framework of tradition, right? Like make, if you want to think about this, yeah. Actuarially, though, right? Okay. Yeah. How many people go to go to a baseball game per year in the United States? Hundreds of millions. Yes. Yes. Okay. How many got hit with balls? Three, four. Not to not to diminish it. It's fucked up when that kid got hit. Obviously, it was really sad. Mm-hmm. The images of it are terrible. Yeah. Right. But like to change the experience for for hundreds of millions of viewers because of what can only be described as freak accidents. Do you remember? Yeah, I can't remember if you were in Denver for this. Some if you go, if you've ever been to Coors Field, there's stairways in the back that I think they only open up when the game is over. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of go out the back way back there. And some drunk dude tried to slide down it and fell off backwards and cracked his head open. I think he died. I kind of remember that. We should probably get rid of all stairways. <laughs> Listen, you, isn't that a faulty argument? Isn't this what you study? This is what you're supposed to <laughs> Yeah, that's why I'm good at making faulty yeah, arguments. That's, that's a logical fallacy par excellence. I don't even know which one that would be, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess as a parent, <laughs> if you can't name the policy, then it yeah. doesn't count. As a parent who wants to take my kids to the game, and sometimes they don't pay attention, or sometimes I don't want to pay attention to them, it would just be nice to have that protective netting up. That's that's my. I'm using a, a personal sphere of argument in order to say that uh, we are on to our last wonderful topic here which would be NBA free agency. Are you, do you have any takeaways from what's been going on aside from the fact that the Knicks are garbage and the, the Warriors are <laughs> retiring Katie's Jersey after being there for what? Four That's years. Insane. Yeah. Insane. I don't get it, man. I have no idea if this stat is true, but I it heard, probably isn't. I don't know if I saw this on yeah. Twitter. I heard that 40% of players were free agents. <laughs> Is that is that true? Look it up. I mean, maybe. Before the free agency period was started a couple days ago. And I heard that. And I was like, that can't that can't be right. I, again, whether it's true or not doesn't really matter. What's true is, doesn't it seem like that's the case? The, the free agency news has been so crazy. I'm not even like the biggest basketball fan. I like basketball, but it's not. I'm, I, I don't I don't drool over even like hot stove stuff for baseball. So to get into free agency for basketball is hard for me. But it's been so much crazy and interesting stuff going on. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's been been absolutely fascinating. It's hard to even keep tabs of even just all the the major stars that have been moving to different places. But is yeah, it crazy? crazy. And, you, and it, it clearly, it does seem like the Knicks are kind of. Is it crazy because there's not a lot of other things on TV, and it's not like ESPN's going to cover the Women's World Cup because Fox, their competitor, is is covering it. Like this is just this is how you fill the vacuum, is with this 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 garbage. I I don't know. I think I've mostly seen it on you know Twitter and stuff like that. But I, I suppose that makes sense. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, is it, it are any of these moves jump out at you as as crazy? I mean, obviously the retiring Katie's jersey when he's still in the league seems crazy. Um, I think that like. The, to me, the Nets move and getting Kyrie was more a we need to fill the seats and have a competitive team than it necessarily was to win a title. I mean, I don't think Kyrie's capable of winning a title uh, if he's well, not next year without. I don't think. I, I don't think KD, he's. Right? I don't even think he's capable of winning a title without LeBron. Without a, I don't I, like. I, you don't like LeBron. I'll may, let me subtract him from the equation. I think we saw who Kyrie is this year with the Celtics, which is taking a team 
that should have made a run at, at a title yeah. and making them worse than they were last year when he wasn't with them. So, well, and they didn't have right. Warren Hayward. I mean, really. it's you really thought that team yeah, would have gotten. Yeah, a lot it better, takes. Right? I mean, that's why I think the the level of player like a like a Kawhi, like a if you're going to build a team around one person, right, and have a clear one star, and then surround that star with um, twos, you have to have a very special person. Right, and I think that like that's Kawhi, in a sense, that's LeBron, uh, and those are rare. They don't like anymore. The NBA game is is it requires a more well-rounded roster, like you see with the Warriors. But even the Warriors didn't have it was interesting. They didn't have the depth needed to compete that they've had in previous years. You know, it take, if you're going to build a team around what three guys, two guys that shoot really well, three guys, I guess, if you include uh, Durant. Uh, and that's the focus, then you also have to have a bench that's going to be able to come in there and, you know, maintain momentum um, when your when your shooters need a break. So I don't know. It's just, yeah. I, I don't know if we've had a podcast since mm-hmm. the NBA finals. You don't think that team with healthy Katie and Clay Thompson win that finals 4-0? Um, I don't know. I don't. The, Ro- the Rockets the Rockets were a better team than Toronto. Last year and this year. In both cases, the NBA championship was the Western Conference I think Finals. that Toronto was able to get more physical. And they had a, an, an inside presence that people took. Watching that team reminded me a lot yes. of Michigan basketball. Where it was like, Jesus, how come you don't get more fouls called on you? Except yeah. for they could score too. Yeah, Michigan I think we kind of took for granted the talent that Toronto had or the kind of game that they were playing because they were obviously out East. You would probably see them more than, more than us. But I mean, even being in Canada, you don't get a lot of, you know, that coverage down here. I think, I think in a lot of ways, that's the answer to that West coast style of basketball that has been defined by the Warriors and the Rockets. I don't know if that, I wonder, I, I guess to reframe your question, I wonder if the Warriors style of basketball, the Rockets style of basketball is over or this was just an epiphany or it's not an epiphany. What's the word I'm looking for? This is just the rarity. Um, this was the, I don't know. I don't know. I, what do you think? I think we take, some- um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors come back and they're still a really, really, really good basketball team. They Next year is going to be really bizarre because I mean, Clay, I assume, is not playing at all next year. Or if he comes back, it'll be the end of the yeah. year. He tore his ACL, right? Clay Thompson. So, I mean, it's it's, it's hard to say what they, they lost. Andre Iguodala, obviously. They lost KD. I don't think they re-signed DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, I, I don't think that team's going to be, you know, sort of the tour de force that they, they were for, for the past couple of years. But I also think there's a chance in two years you see, you know, a, a, a Clay Steph sort of renaissance to what made that team really great in the first place, which was just shooting it from fucking wherever and drawing teams back out. So I, I don't think they're over. I, my real hot take in basketball is I think quietly the Nuggets, you know, had a really great year and and have a chance to be great again. And and Portland gives Damian Lillard a, a max deal, which, I mean, that guy's, if, if it's possible for him to be underrated, he's underrated. Um, I think I mean, that's an that's an insane move. It's, it's very easy to get excited about LeBron and Anthony Davis. But truthfully, Anthony Davis played with the Marcus Cousins in New Orleans for a year and didn't do shit. So I don't know why we should expect, you know, fireworks, fireworks in LA, except for that they're, you know, it's LA and they're historically great, blah, 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 whatever. I, I think it's possible. That's another team that 
it's the Western Conference is not the Eastern Conference, and those two dudes I don't think necessarily mean championship. I think maybe they. I think that we too too early to tell. I think that we assume that being a shooting team, a team with full of you know, I don't want to say that. I think we assume that that kind of basketball where you shoot a lot doesn't somehow take a physical toll on your body. I think that that's been the assumption like, Oh, they stay away from the basket and therefore they're not getting beat up inside. And you know, when they, when they do, you know, charge the rim, they're going to kind of slice and dice and it's going to be easier for them to get there. Um, when in fact, I think what we saw here is that even, even with Houston, that having to shoot at that, uh, uh, the shoot that amount, is really really tough once you get into the conference finals and the NBA finals. I think it t- it, basically what I'm saying is it takes a toll on your legs and your arms and your body in ways that I think we just kind of assumed didn't. And and I don't know why that is. Like if you look at how shooters like Ray Allen or Reggie Miller played the game, they were not carrying the weight of their team nearly as much as you see KD or Clay Thompson or especially Steph Curry having to do that or, you know, um, uh, James Harden having to do that. And I think there's got to be something there, right? I don't know if you can condition yourself to maintain your legs while, while also kind of, you know, playing those many minutes to take those many shots. I don't know. Like there's got to, it's, it, I just don't know that it works. I don't, I don't think that it's as physically efficient as we assumed it was. It might just be as hard for you physically as playing a physical NBA basketball game. If that if that is a cohesive argument. I mean, you think about it. These guys are shooting no, it is. so much. Like, it's got to be tough on your legs. There's no way. It's like it's like running a marathon. Eventually, you know, you got to take a break. Eventually, you got to take a break and give yourself a rest. And I don't know that that's happening. No, just my thoughts. I, I, I just think that like with a lot of these great dynasty teams, they make winning a championship look so easy that when they lose, it's confusing and it's easiest to be like, oh, they're yeah. done and they're bad now. I'm not sure that's the case. I don't think we're going to see n- next year, notwithstanding, because it's hard to, to really think about what the Warriors are going to look like missing all of those pieces, but they'll still have Steph Curry, right? Uh, so it's, it, I just don't think they're going to take as big of a, a step back. I, I don't think you're going to see that team like miss the playoffs yeah. next year or anything like that. I don't, I don't. I don't think they're not going to fall off that. I'd be very no, you're right. You're right. <sighs> All right, we uh, we have gone through. We have checked our boxes. We have done this. We should probably try to find some more momentum next week and be more consistent about this. But till then, um, let's sign off for the day. What do you say? All right, buddy. Uh, you have a great day being a dad, and I'll do the same. Yes. All right. Later. <laughs>